This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 197, sponsored by InStock Trades, Netflix, and iFanboy members like you, ma'am. <laughs> it's like we had like a Tom Gators program that we could punch in words. <laughs> yeah. You. 196, and viewers <laughs> like you... fanboy.com pick the week podcast episode 197 my name is ron richards and i'm here with josh flanagan hello and you might have recognized a possibly familiar voice uh, earlier uh, our guest podcaster uh, mr tom caters hello thanks for being with us tom stepping in while connor's out on vacation no problem i'm uh, it's hot where i am right now so <laughs> the continuation that's perfect the, the the union rules say that if you take the connor spot you have to sit in a hot room <laughs> No lights on. That's pretty much how it goes. So thank you for adhering to the strict rules of our union. So yeah, I keep referring to this union, and I feel like I'm behind on my dues, and somebody's going to come by and break my knees. I'm, I'm Actually, Josh, we got to talk later on. All so. right. Every and day. it's time 
And it's time for my break. So, <laughs> oh shit. So we'll be back in 15. <laughs> so, um, we, if you are not aware, we are from ifanboy.com, which is a website all about comics. And uh, every week we read a bunch of comics that comes out, and one of us picks the pick of the week, goes to ifanboy.com, writes a review of it. And then we come here to talk about that book as well as the other books that came out. Anything else of interest? Um, before we get to the uh, actual show, I want to warn you that we're going to talk about what happened in the books. So we might spoil things. We might ruin the book for you if you haven't read it. So if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to pause, come back later, or just listen and um, have your life ruined for you because we spoiled the comic book. Um, Josh had to pick this week, uh, and he got it wrong again. So let's hear about that. Oh, always wrong. Bias. <laughs> massive, massive amount of really good comic books this week. It was, uh, it was a tough week to choose, I thought, to, to pick the best one. Very, very hard to do. Um, so I went with the, uh, the, you know, you go with your gut. You go with the one that, that speaks to your per- specific tastes the most, and that was the Marvel's Project Number 1 by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting. I, I've been really looking forward to this one ever since I heard about it. Basically, it's a, a, a cleaning up, a streamlining, and a retelling of the earliest days of the Marvel Universe, pre-World War II, um, by the guys who, who did the, the Captain America arc that is one of, if not my favorite, sort of Marvel run of the last decade or so. I'd say, I don't know if there's anything I like more than that, that to come out of Marvel Comics. Um, so I was really excited about this, much in the same way that I was really excited about Captain America Reborn, which has been okay, pretty good. Um, but this one really, like, it, it scratched all of the itches that I have about things that I really like. You know, I, you know I'm... I relate more to Marvel history and stuff like that than I than I have with the DC stuff. So when they go back and they retell this stuff, as they have been doing uh, through the 70th, 70th anniversary specials for a while, um, but this was you know like a league above those as well. Um, I, I just really enjoy that stuff where they're tying it into how all the powers and everything started pre World War II and and all the intrigue and you know it's it's rich men on a boat discussing you know what what happened. Um, I, I really dug it and. I think I also hadn't realized how much I've been missing Steve Epting drawing the regular Captain America book. You know, the guys who have been filling in for him, uh, Butch Geis, Mike Perkins, I think. Um, they've all been... Luke Ross, Luke Ross. Luke Ross, right. You know, and, they, and they've all been good, and they, they definitely keep the same tone, but you know, the Steve Epting who came out on, that, on those first couple arcs of Captain America was, never, was not a Steve Epting I'd ever seen before, and, and, this is, and this is right along that with that really, really good work that he's been doing. Um, I just I just enjoyed the hell out of it, and it went it went through all of the sort of highlights, the you know the beginning of what Captain America was going to become, and 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 you know where uh, Doctor Erskine came from, and then why Namor chose to uh, ally himself with the Allies, which was the, the Namor page uh, was probably my favorite page in the whole thing, if not one of my favorite pages of the week. Page where he bursts out of the wave, and you've got yeah. Germans going nine nine, mine got nine. Yeah. <laughs> That stuff. Well, the yeah. Germans were harvesting Atlanteans. They were, kill- they were, they were killing Atlantis. They were dropping depth charges on Atlantis and then harvesting the bodies. So that they could create their own super soldiers, which is then you oh. find out that's that's an outcrop of where the American super soldiers uh, serum came from, which is pretty awful. <laughs> and and so Namor comes to Wreck House, and then you get sort of the... Nine, nine, nine! Sorry. <laughs> it's because, because What's like, German merman? <laughs> They break that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> oh, and you know, then we get and uh, Doctor Horton and and the Human Torch and one of the worst cases of disposal I've ever seen. This this flaming human robot man. Let's bury him in the in the middle of Midtown. We'll just put some <laughs> some concrete around him and and but no, it's, cultural it's, difference. <laughs> But what is what is that what is that headphone cable coming out of it? <laughs> no, it was radio transmissions, right? Yeah. Um, but but overall, like it was just it was a really fun, well executed story, and it was everything that I really like about reading Ed Brubaker stuff, who's who's one of my favorite writers too. But sometimes, uh, as we've seen, he gets bogged down in really long stories, so you don't get, um, you know, as we've seen in Daredevil and as we've seen in in some of the Captain America stuff, there, he's 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 playing a long game, so not every issue is really satisfying. Um, but this one was, I, I really, I really dug it. And also, you know, the, the team doing the, the support team, I guess, Dave Stewart on colors, um, you could really see how that was better. And even Chris Eliopoulos on letters, like just a complete and total package of a book that I was really looking forward to that completely delivered for me. And, uh, it was, it was a pretty easy pick of the week in the, in that sense. So you would say that you have a greatest generation rash in this 
itched that or scratched it oh, for you. I totally you. do. I totally do. And <laughs> I think that the, you know, the, well, there have been really good stories on that, like, you know, the golden age in DC. It seems that the Marvel characters really keep sort of going back to it, is, you know, especially the whole Captain America mythos. And it's, it's just fun to see it redone well. A lot of people have said it wasn't anything completely new because some of this was covered in Marvels, which is true. Some of it, all, all of it. I mean, right. that, that's, that's my only complaint of that. Is I, thought this, I, I thought this, and now I'm going to be the dick, but I thought this was average. Uh-huh. I, and I feel like I've read this already in Marvels. And admittedly, I know that was 15 years ago, so maybe people haven't read, haven't read the you know, Marvel Zero issue that addressed a lot of this. Um, I thought um, the, the best thing about it was the doctor's mustache. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I thought the inclusion of the doctor and the two gun kid was the only uniquely new thing to it. And yeah, okay. The, the Namor thing, the Atlanteans and the super soldier serum and Nick Fury and all this stuff, but like all the human torch stuff. And I mean, it was just all retread and it was just, and and yeah, it was done well, but it was nothing. It didn't uh, in the same way with Captain America reborn. I'm just like, eh. You know, just like I feel like they're just going back to the well, going back to the well, going back to the well. And there was no like, oh, my God, I can't this new twist on it. And this is some angle I never thought of or anything like that. And maybe that that's going to happen with the doctor and, and the doctor becomes the new two gun kid or something, you know, which I think is 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 kind of referenced on the cover. Sure. But um, but this was this was what I would it, it suffers from the what we talk about, which is that, you know, Brubaker is a great writer and and Epting's great art and Stewart's great colors. And Chris Eliopoulos does great letters and it's a great book, but it didn't excite me. I don't, in the so least. I, I think you, what you're looking for is for Captain America to gain a mustache. Yeah, pretty much. Well, well, <laughs> well, if you turn, if you turn early in the early in the book when the do- in the second page when the doctor is talking about the um, because because so you, you got this doctor in New York City who's caring for a dying two gun kid who's the two gun kid from the west from in, from the old west who in Marvel continuity flat time traveled to the future and participated with the heroes. And so now he's on his deathbed and he's telling this doctor in 1938 about his adventures and you see the rendering of the, the, how the doctor interpreted these amazing heroes that Two Gun Kid talked about. And you know, Spider-Man has a slightly different costume and Mr. Fantastic's got a mask and you can see how you – know, kind of in a game of telephone how the, the, um, the identities have been altered with, through, with his memory. But I'm pretty sure everybody has a mustache in that drawing, including the Hulk. Awesome. Was but, the beast uh, like a uh, Prussian strongman? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the singlet. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I thought that was the most interesting and compelling idea is the idea of the two-gun kid on his deathbed in the 30s and, and that exposure and all stuff like that. But everything else, all the Namor stuff, all the Human Torch stuff, all the Nazi stuff was just like, yeah, I've read this before. So Maybe, and, 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 and I can totally appreciate that. It, I admit I haven't, I haven't looked at the Marvels in, prob- in Marvels in probably a decade. Oh, okay. So, I, read like, it, I read it like once a year. So, so. while it's familiar to me – um, I I like how it's tying. I like the, the the style is tied into that that one you know that Captain America run that that reaches you know the Winter Soldier stuff that reaches back and I think that it's it's going to be a neat coherent story as as all one piece. It'll be a really neat trade paperback or hardcover book I think at some point. Oh, I'm waiting for the trade on it. It's eight Nothing. issues, so you'll get that next year. Oh well, are you? That sounds like a threat. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> that's like I'm not going to make it to that. That's, that, that's the patented iFanboy passive aggression d- judgment over waiting for the trade. <laughs> well, we'll enjoy it for a year, and then you can catch up. <laughs> we won't want to talk well, about I'm, it then because we won't remember it. But right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't good. It wasn't the pick of the week. I mean, there were, there was, I could think of at least three other things that were better than it. Um, but, but I said, but, but, but yeah, this, the pick. this is, this is from the guy who picks X-Men forever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you backed me up on that. <laughs> I know I did. Yes. And, and it's the same thing. Yeah, I should. Yeah. And I, and I, and I should amend. It wasn't my pick of the week, but I, I see why. And I, what I was going to say is I see why you, this is up your alley and why you'd like it. And you know, all that kind of stuff. This kind of feels like therapy. I understand. I validate your feelings. If it wasn't this, and this was the last thing that I read, a, a very large day of comic book reading. I was like, way too many comic books. Well, that was the, that was the other thing I, you said earlier. It was a great week of books. I thought it was an okay. I thought there were a lot of books, and it was a generally average week of books. I didn't think anything was. Uh, oh my god, blowing my mind. There were a lot of um, moments I liked this week as opposed to full issues. Yeah, but there was the the one that did blow my mind was um was Adventure Comics number five hundred four or number one, depending on which number you look at on the cover. <laughs> Never sells the most. <laughs> yeah, talk about having your cake and eating it too. <laughs> Are you waiting for the trade on this one, Tom? No, I bought it. I I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's the return of uh, of Connor Kans back to Smallville, and now he kind of likes Smallville because you know he died. So yeah. you, if you've died, you'll pretty much go back to your small town and be pretty happy. It's sort of how I feel about where I grew up. Like I lived in L.A. for eight years, and now I like it a lot more. 
You grew up in L.A.? No, no, I, I grew up in Maine in a small town. Then I was yeah. in L.A. for eight years. Now I much more appreciate the small town. Oh, I see. Like, understand yeah. that. So going to L.A. is like dying. Sort of. It is, it is, it is very hot. <laughs> so so this, was, this was written by uh, Jeff Johns, but the, the standout was the art by Francis Manipal, which is yes. like, the, the, like the, this, the two-page spread on page two and three. Oh man! Like there, there's just some epic, epic pages in this, and and Manipal is is definitely just catapulted him to an artist that I now want to read everything he's done and read everything he does. You've also got to got to give credit to the colorist Brian Buccoletto. You know, when you yep. look at that two page spread, and it's got that painterly quality to it, yep. which is not irritating. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there's a couple of different ways to do painted watercolory looking stuff, and I thought that this one worked pretty well. I thought it worked really well in the sense that Connor's outfit of the T-shirt didn't look stupid. Right. There's a tendency sometimes for uh, when he shows up for me to be like, really? Like a black T-shirt with Superman's logo on it? You know, that's, that's the best you can do. And tucked, and, tucked into jeans like and a narc. And, and he's got hipster boots on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> if I saw someone walking down the street dressed like that, I'd think, would untuck your T-shirt. You know, like loosen up a little bit. But it, it fits really well in this story. And it's also written so that he seems kind of you know, like a teenage boy. Mm-hmm. You know, he sees a cute girl who's in trouble. You know, he's going to save her. He's kind of clumsy a little bit around her. The dog takes the attention. Yeah, you know, like it, like it all works out. My favorite part was the girl asking him if he made the cape for crypto. Yeah, that was funny. That was a good touch. <laughs> so now, so now, this is where I, I'd be the continuity nerd. Isn't Superman not on Earth? On, not on Earth right now? He actually left at I, the end of World of New Krypton, so it works. Uh, yes. Yeah, last week, last issue of World of New Krypton, he took off for Earth, so it actually he left Krypton. Got it. Okay, got it. Got it. Got so it. So he's got here. It. Okay. And then uh, basically, uh, you know, the whole time I was reading, it, I was like, "This is pretty good. It's really good looking." And then I got to the end, and I was like. The last page, and I'm, like, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I, thought I was... do have to say, if you're keeping track of the Lex Luthor qualities, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You so... know, like <laughs> I just he wrote a column for Lex Luthor. You know, like the the one thing is he lies to Superman. He does a lot of other stuff too. But I mean, <laughs> he needs to fill out that list a little more. A little more. But it, a little that, more, that is know? such. That is. I mean, that is such a straight up Jeff Johns. Like, take the most obvious thing. And build oh, a story exactly. around it and do it really well. That's, I mean, I'm intrigued. I, yeah, I want to see where it goes. Yeah. You know, what does he want from Lex Luthor? You know, well, this yeah. is another character that I personally I don't have a lot of history with. I mean, I, I know who he is. I think I was like, oh, it's the T-shirt one. But you know, other than when he died, I don't think I read a lot about him. So for me, it's almost a new thing. It worked really well in that sense. And what did you think of the Legion co-feature? I read it. <laughs> I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I think it's the tough part of the Legion and the co-feature is that you had to use a two-page spread <laughs> yes. to say who everyone is. Yep. And, uh, the, and that kind of, if you only have ten pages and two of them are introducing everyone, and, I, it, it little fall behind. And they're not really in the story the that much. You know, it's more of a start man. I couldn't read half of the captions. There are over yeah. 20 people on that two-page spread, by the yeah. way. Yeah. I but like but but then you turn the page and we get and we get crazy Starman. That part was great. Yes. Yeah, and Clayton Henry's art was great on it. I thought. I thought. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I'll take crazy Starman any day. Uh, you you can leave the rest of the Legion at home, but the crazy Starman will do it for me. So. And it, I thought it was a shorter co-feature than the other ones. I felt like. Yeah, because it, it, it went right to the preview. You know, of like what's going to happen in the next year. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, Legion of Superheroes, and I just want in every Legion story for an opportunity for Brainiac Five to be a dick. Right. You know, if you don't get that, I kind of feel like a little gypped if he's yeah. not, you know, being obnoxious to somebody at least once in the story. Yeah, I mean, this this felt this felt yeah totally this felt less like a co-feature, more like a preview for a Legion book. So I'm hoping that we get more. Um, although in the preview for the upcoming year, you do see Brainiac being a, I don't know if he's being a dick in that panel, but he, he's there, and it looks like there's also he is he just always is. <laughs> I think it's the turtleneck. Oh, it's definitely the turtleneck and the the hair yeah. <laughs> and the hair. That's just douchey hair. <laughs> but um, but then the last panel's got a Green Lantern ring and a Legion ring on somebody's fist, raising it in the air, which is you know, merging of two two worlds that should never be merged. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I was really surprised by it. I mean, because I'm not like I'm not reading the Superman books, but Manipal's art was enough for me to grab this, and I'll keep reading it as long as he's on the book. So when issue five hundred five slash two comes out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when are they going to keep doing that? When I know. Was, yeah. <laughs> when was five hundred three? Was it like in the seventies? 
uh, late in the early '80s, it became it started featuring Plastic Man and Aquaman and um, one of the Star Men. Um, so it, it had lasted up until the '80s, but um, by that point, the Legion weren't in it anymore. If anyone was going to know that, it'd be Tom. Yeah, no, what a, how fortuitous. Yeah. Um, so exactly. the the book that I think a lot of people would have gone with Pick of the Week, I think it was the leading on our our, our site, was Blackest Night number two. And um, it, it continues. Yeah, it was. I mean, and that's kind of the thing. Like it was like, okay, we're still going. It's well, so now, love. so so Tom, you got a lot of Aquaman in this one. It was good. You know, can't you see the couldn't you see an Aquaman story by Jeff Johns being interesting? Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, now that it's done this one, I think the 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 way the reason this is working and why I think the you know we're going to talk about Blackest Night Batman next. I think the reason why it's working is a lot of times in these DC crisis events, it becomes moving pieces around. You know, sort of separate from whatever happens to characters. You know, like you have huge things like the nature of the universe is changing. And so far, this has just kind of been characters being confronted by dead people who are being dicks to them. But it's really interesting to read, you know, to see that sort of personal interaction. And you don't have to spend so much time being like, what's the nature of the universe? You know, is this a parallel? It's not messing around with moving those pieces so much. So I think that's why it's been so interesting so far. Yeah, I mean, we're we're still definitely in the shit hit the fan you know, phase of the book where, you know, where at this point, I mean, I know a lot of Black Lantern rings went out and especially after reading Blackest Night at Batman, it looks like like they're just raising everybody. Yeah. And then killing everybody and then and like, then turning them. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a force. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this issue spent a lot of time. It's funny. This doesn't feel like a Green Lantern story. That's not a it's not a complaint at all. But like it's occurring to me that this isn't really necessarily how Jordan's story or at least not what we've seen of it so far. Oh, this is a DCU story. This is yeah. definitely a DCU and, story. And, like, we spent a lot of time with the Aquaman family, and then we spent a lot of time with, you know, the the magicians. Um, yeah. it, it was it was like it was one of those books where there was a lot of uh, cool things in it. I thought, but but it was it's like still it's like the second half of the first act, so it wasn't yeah. really. It was. It was like you could read this on its own and and feel like this was a satisfying one piece of something. You know what I mean? Was there was there one page that freaked you out, Josh? Um, are you are you talking about the sharks? Yes, I liked that page. That was very good. Uh, I know, but I was like, ah, oh, sh- sharks. I don't. I'm not terrified of the image of sharks. I was like, yeah, you shark week. would use the sharks. Shark week. Yeah. Shark week is bullshit exactly. this year, by the way. No, my favorite page in this was Hal Jordan falling through the bat signal. I thought it was a fantastic page and just a, yeah. a neat image and, and everything. And that, that's one of the things that really stuck out. And I've decided recently between this and Wednesday Comics, I really like Dead Man. Oh, Dead Man's a great character. I yeah. know. He's somebody I don't see a lot. And I realize that every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I like Dead Man. So that, well, I'm I mean, and speaking of that, I mean, Black as Night Batman number one came out. And that should have almost been Black as Night Batman and Dead Man. Yes, but that would have sold that, less. Yeah, it would have sold nothing. Um uh, Black and I and I and I literally just read it before we before we recorded. Um, you know, and I thought it was well written. Again, Tom- Pete Tomasi writing a great you know kind of companion piece to what's go- what J- uh, Johns has been doing with Blackest Night. Um, I just really I, I I just have a hard time with the art and with the with Robin and the you know he's ten years old and like the the scene where Dead Man jumps into into um, into Batman's body. And he's like screaming, like, "What did you do to Dick?" And it's just like it was like just totally not the kind of the, I thought the art was like didn't uh, fit the story. I don't know if that makes sense. I could but, see that. Yeah, I but. I think the tough thing with uh, with uh, Damien is that he's ten years old, and yeah. how artistically you're going to express that. I, I do have to say, I think Tomasi did a really yeah, did a really good job of putting Damien in comparison to Dick as far as how they handle death. You know, Damien for being such a badass you know, couldn't handle wrapping up the corpses of his grandparents, right. you know, like he was kind of shaken by that, you know, and Dick's trying to, you know, you know, teach him about like how to handle things. So right. Damien's very complicated. He thinks he's an adult, mm-hmm. but he can't handle these things that if he's so tough, you know, why can't he do this? Well, yeah. the, the Blackest Night stuff in this was all was fine and well and good, but I, I think the character moments between uh, Dick and Damien were the stuff that I really liked again. I, you yeah. know, it's funny. Every time I pick up a, a book that says Batman on it, I forget that it's going to be Dick Grayson. Shit, right. They found me. I don't know how, but they did. <laughs> that joke will never get a hold of it. Never. <laughs> I live on the route of the fire trucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Um, you know, but just like some of the moments in the car with them driving around. Those are, yep. These are some of my favorite pages uh, in this book. I, I really enjoyed that stuff. Um, you know, the, the Blackest Night stuff around it is, is fine and whatever, but... Um, Really the the art the artist on it was Adrian Siaf 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 who I've never seen before so um um yeah no I thought it was good I thought it was a good companion piece I mean it's funny though because we're saying we're all we're all you know praising Blackest Night because it's a, it's saying that it's the self contained event book you know that you don't need to read every book in order to enjoy but there you know there's a checklist there's a there's a there's a lot of companion books that are going to be coming out this, this is uh, no different than one of those Marvel events it doesn't seem yeah this is no different than Secret Invasion yeah at all and, uh, and, you know like, whatever that's fine. You probably don't need to. You could probably just read Blackest Night, and that's fine. Yeah, you could have yeah, just w- read Secret Invasion, and you'd be fine. But. I wouldn't say that anything happens in Blackest Night Batman that is yep. so integral to the the main book of the story. I mean, I, I I liked it because of that, because it is about what happens to Batman during Blackest Night, and I kind of hope they all stick to that. Because yeah. they all have dead friends. I mean, right. that's the thing, you know, that there's no shortage of dead characters i mean all these characters have regrets about dead people that's why half of them are heroes yeah <laughs> so there's no shortage of people to confront them I, and and the, the big kind of uh, rising uh, moment in this is when a bunch of lantern rings find a bunch of uh, uh villains that are being transported to the jla's morgue and um they all become black lanterns my favorite was the uh the the ventriloquist puppet yes <laughs> It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't look any, he just looks a little darker. That's it. He doesn't have a ring or anything. He just gets, well, he's, he's leading a, with a gun. He's a construct. <laughs> right. He's oh, is he? Oh, interesting. I was thinking oh, yeah, the same thing. He, yeah, but he's not going to be resurrected because he wasn't real. Right. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> just because, as someone who's worked with puppets, trust me, it's a different person. <laughs> it's not a puppet, it's a figure. It's a figure. Yeah. It's a figure. So, um, so we haven't talked about Wednesday comics in a while. Um, uh, this is the what the sixth issue, and we're halfway through. And I think that th- that this issue was the best since the first issue. Absolutely. There is one scene in particular that was my favorite thing in this one. That, that was the funniest thing that I read this week. Uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Aquaman and Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> yes. It was fantastic. No, it was nothing like Aquaman. Who gives a shit? Why the hell? Hold on. Well, wait. Hold on. Wait. Hold, okay. Yep. Okay. What do you want? He's on the phone. What kind of what kind of plan does he have? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's on it when the whale surfaces. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of protective case does he have for his iPhone? He's I, using love, it. I love Gotta Go. Got my 330. <laughs> uh, um, I, I love the Supergirl strip. The Supergirl strip is awesome. It's so good. It's, yeah. It's like, the, it's like they, they realize, like, listen, let's, let's not worry about anything. Let's not worry Wait a minute. About... He's not on a cell phone. He's on a clam. Oh, yeah, that's true. So maybe he's <laughs> all busy. <laughs> No, no. It's one of those, like, when you can buy those cases for your phones that are all bedazzled. Oh, I see. The phone's so just inside of that uh, clamshell. Okay, good. <laughs> or if I wanted to be a nerd, I could be like, well, he's, te- he's telepathic, so maybe he's communicating with the clam. Somebody's got a clam on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> but then you wouldn't really need the, the clam is just redundant at that point. <laughs> um... He needs the clam for it to work. It's all in his head. He needs to... <laughs> Well, for me, for the whole issue, there were, there were eight reasons why this was awesome, and I'll, I'll go through them quickly. On, okay. on the Batman strip, the second-to-last panel of Riso drawing Batman in the shadows, awesome. That, was, that, that did it for me. Um, the entire Commandy page, which just – I mean th- this Commandy story, Ryan Sook is now like – you know who, who I hadn't seen anything from him since he was on X Factor all those years ago, and this is just amazing. Um, Number three is the Superman uh, on the Superman page. The boom, great use of great use of a panel and letter and using lettering to do that. Flipping um, of pages is yeah. my favorite part. Flipping <laughs> of pages. <laughs> Let's see. So one of mine three. Number four, uh, the Metamorpho story. That half the page is a freaking shoots and ladders game. <laughs> yes. Genius. Um, number five was the one panel on uh, Strange Adventures of uh, Adam Strange going through the Zeta Beam. Again, I want that frame, you know, silk screen and framed. My that, this whole page, this whole yeah. strip is yep. just fantastic. So number six was Aquaman on the cell phone. 
Um, <laughs> the shell phone. <laughs> the shell phone. <laughs> okay, so number number seven. Ugh. Number seven was um, was not only that in the Flash thing. Do we now have three flashes in the Flash strip? As Tom, you you accurately predicted. <laughs> we'll keep getting flashes. I feel. Yeah. But we also get um, the Iris West strip takes a break, takes a breather as we get introduced to a Gorilla Grodd stri- uh, strip. A dream come true. Exactly. And then finally, number eight, the uh, last panel of the Hawkman page with the with yeah, him, yeah which is just amazing. So, but let's go back to the Flash. Um, uh, I, I, this is just a, this is everything that I ever want from the Flash. Um, and so, Tom, since you're known for your love of the Flash, what do you think of it? I love it. It's like Dick Van Dyke, but with the Flash. You know, like it's a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like trying to keep everything together, but he kind of. They kind of can almost get it all together, but his own nature, he kind of goofs, you know, occasionally. Because he's Barry Allen. So, I mean, it's great. It's funny. It's got the right tone to it. The art is great. It's got adventure, science stuff. So it's like the perfect mix of all those things. What I just loved was it starts with him in, in space. Yes. You know, and he's, you know, and he's trying to figure out how he's going to get back to Earth. And he's like, I don't have enough oxygen to get back to Earth, so I'll bring Earth to me. I'll vibrate back in time to when the planet's in orbit right beneath my. And then, yep. then he goes flying down, and the whoa, 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 he tries to yeah. slow down. Yeah, like... You'd be surprised by how often the Flash ends up in space. A lot. <laughs> A lot. He'll just run right off the Earth sometimes. I don't know how that works. But... Escape velocity is no small thing for him. It's easy. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, he can do it all the time. He should be flying off the Earth constantly. Don't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so then finally at the end when the Flash that came back from space says, do you really want to deal with four Barry Allens? Like he's just going to keep adding Barry Allens. (laughs) Great. I read it. This is the first this is the first week that I read it on the bus. So I like sat there and I shook the pages out. And I just (laughs) (laughs) say, what are you looking at? Do people who are like. I'm trying to read some comic strips. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the only person reading this who isn't, like, in love with the Commandy strips. Like, they're fun, and they're really, really good looking, but I don't know. I love, I love Commandy. I think it's your bias. It is. It's, I, <laughs> well, also, also, let's not forget you don't like fun. It's true. So, so when, a, so when a, a gorilla is holding a machine gun, you're just like, whatever. You know, meanwhile, Tom and I are like, that's the greatest thing ever. Where is the Yeah, story? you want... Yeah, you want, like, backstory on that gorilla and how he learned to use a gun. And, you, want, you, know, like, you want the character moment of the gorilla. What, what motivates the gorilla? <laughs> I just want that gorilla to shoot that gun. That's what I, that's what I want. <laughs> you, gorilla, you shoot that gun. Somebody get that tiger a friggin' jetpack. Let's do this. <laughs> What's my motivation? It doesn't matter. It does not matter for this story. Me, I have these giant gorilla hands, yet I can still hold this gun. What more miracle do you expect from me? <laughs> you want character moments? <laughs> it's the gun. Oh. It's a gorilla shooting a gun. This is amazing. That's the greatest thing that's ever happened to that gorilla. That is a character moment. <laughs> Well, what about when the gorilla goes home and his wife is like, how was your day? And he just can't even put it into words. He's like, I had a gun. He shot it. I just I shot it. And she's like, well, why don't you tell me about it? He goes, you know what? This is a, this is a moment for me. <laughs> and he just goes into the other room and they get a divorce because of that. Yeah, and she's mad because there's just a share things and, you know, they're together. See, Tom, this is what you're getting ready to deal with. She hasn't. What are you smiling about? <laughs> I'm thinking about the gun. It was 10 years ago. You have this thing that I can't understand that we can't share, and it's it's creating a rift. It's, they stopped having sex. It just it was awful. They can't, they uh, I see where this violent strip. movies. Oh, she just yeah. brings up the gun. He starts smiling, and she's just she hates guns. Yeah. She becomes resentful. Uh, hates it. So anyway, so um, so this week was the finally after a year later, Ultimatum is behind us, and the Ultimate comic books can get back on track. And apparently, they decided to ignore it too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick either one of these up. Oh um, well, Ult- Ultimate Spider-Man was was really really good because I've been jonesing for David LaFuente to be you know to be on it, and for me, it's all it like it's it's typical Bendis writing Ultimate Spider-Man, but LaFuente's art was just great. Is just so wonderful. Um, and Ultimate Avengers, uh, who's got Mark Miller writing it and Carlos Pacheco, and a little meta reference in the beginning where it, start, it starts off with Nick Fury saying, what the fuck? And then you turn the page and, they, and he says, I disappear for 10 minutes and the whole place goes to hell. 
Do you think that's pointed at Loeb and editorial? <laughs> Miller leaves the ultimate books and they all go to hell and now he's back to fix it. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the, the big complaint that everybody had about these books this week was what happened to everything? Well, they were and, supposed to like, but seriously, good. No, on ultimate Marvel. No, I everyone's complaint is completely valid. Uh, I support every I support all the crazies on the so, internet who said that. So you want to do the Batman aftershock now for No, no, I don't. I don't. But what but here's my problem. Here's 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 my problem is that in <laughs> Ultimatum you had Magneto take a tidal wave and wipe out Manhattan and this awful tragic thing happened and oh my god and it's going to change the shape of the universe as we know it and stuff like that. And you open the goddamn book and as far as Spider-Man goes, nothing changed. Awesome. And as far as far as far as ult- the Ultimate Avengers go, no, no, in Spider Man, that's where it happened. In Spider Man, you open the book, and it's Peter. Peter's now got a job at a at a fast food joint, which is awful. And then they tell you previously what happened, you know, and and this whole thing. And you turn the page, and it's the sun is shining, beautiful New York City, completely the same. Perfect. And they say six months later, we rebuilt everything, and everything's all right. Great. No, I I'm sorry. Listen, I didn't want to read that story in the first place. I don't want right. to deal with that story. And so I don't reading so it. don't do the story. That's I my agree. point. And they said, yeah. maybe we shouldn't have done this story. Let's move on. Yeah, I don't know. You can't. And the, and the fact that and you live in New York City, freaking those buildings still aren't built. And it's been almost 10 years. Yeah, Six you know, months, really? I have yet to see one guy fly around here either. <laughs> Not a single one. <laughs> I'm just saying that. You know, like I, I, I know what you're saying. I don't want to read that story though, so I don't care. I mean, that th- right. I, I would want to read it either, but you can't act like it didn't happen. Well, why? If you don't want to read it, what does it matter? This isn't real. They can do whatever they want. If they'd said two years, fine. But then Spider-Man would be 19, and it's a different story. So well, it goes back to they shouldn't have. This is what happens when you give Jeff Loeb power. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, this, to me, is the best solution for it. What you're angry about is no different than what the people who are still, ang- still angry about Brand New Day are mad about. Oh, well, they're crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, look in the mirror, Ron. Look, look in the mirror. Is this a character moment? This is, yeah, this is your gorilla shooting the rifle moment for you right now. <laughs> so that, that, said, that said, Ultimate Spider-Man was great. Ultimate Avengers was all right. If you, I mean, basically, <laughs> if you liked Mark Miller writing the, the Ultimates before, you'll probably like this. No, I, I think it's different. Honestly, I think it's different. I don't think it's it's not as it's not as bombastic as the Ultimates was. I hate Ultimate Captain America, which oh, yeah. is, which is totally fair because it's a different character and they can do whatever they want with him. But I don't want to read him. Right. So you're not? Are you going to read it or are you going to stop reading it no, after this? I, I checked it out, but it was what I thought. And... Oh, but you got your Hawkeye. You got Hawkeyes I here. I hate purple. that Hawkeye. <laughs> Why? <laughs> now it's your turn to look in the mirror, isn't it? <laughs> no, I just don't read it. I don't care. There's still you're another. Just, there's still Ronan. He's got a. He's got a Ronin costume on in his heart instead of <laughs> yeah. on his body. That's yeah. the problem. And what people don't know is that next year at San Diego, Josh is going to be sporting his new Ronin costume. Yeah, I'm going to wear what I'm going to. Well, on alternate days, Wednesday and Friday, I'm going to be wearing the Ronin costume, and then on um, Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to be wearing the Ultimate Hawkeye costume, and then on uh, Sunday, I'm going to be wearing my uh, my Kate Hawkeye costume. It's a long oh. way. For, a long way for that joke. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have it until right at the end. <laughs> um, no, but it was good. And, and Ultimate Spider-Man, the big twists were uh, uh, Peter and Gwen seem to have hooked up finally. Hey, good so, stuff. Yeah, good on him. Peter gets some. Peter gets some. That's the one thing nobody ever remembers is that Peter Parker actually is immensely successful with the ladies. Well, the, the thing is they don't know he's Spider-Man, but they sense there's something. He's got some mojo going on. He's got the gavorka. Yeah. Some je ne sais quoi. Yeah, good stuff. He's got it. He's got it. So you want to get your hands on some trade paperbacks, some hardcovers, and things like that. You should get yourself to InStock Trades. Thank them for sponsoring the show. Up to 37% off of your order. Free shipping for anything over $50. Over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock and ready for you to ask for them right now if you pay for them. Uh, new releases come out every Wednesday. Uh, usually the orders ship Please. within 48 hours. And you can go to www.instocktrades.com to take advantage of their sweet, sweet discounts and wonderful customer service. Lovely. Moving on. Here's a book nice. that we've never talked about because none of us read it. Yeah. Incredible Hercules number 132. What do you think? Tom? Yes. Wait, we, have to I... pa- we have to pause while the listeners freak out and applaud. And... <laughs> well, they... yeah. okay. That's because, uh, unlike you guys, I give the fans what they want. <laughs> I uh, I I started picking up Incredible Hercules with the last uh, story arc, and 
it's quite funny. I quite enjoy it. I think Greg Pak and Fred Van Lenti, it's perfect for Fred Van Lenti. It fits right into what he's done with um, action philosophers and with uh, comic book comics in that he's sort of lampooning Greek mythology a little bit. You have your Norse mythology, you know, your Walt Simonson stuff with Thor, and it's always kind of a little sad and the end is always everyone dies so everyone's kind of depressed and you know there's a sadness to it while the Greeks are all about partying and you know hanging out and the the basic part of the story is that uh, Hercules is kind of tricked into becoming Thor like taking Thor's place for a little while and the best moment is when uh, Hercules is like why is Thor gone and someone's like uh, um Balder says, well, he killed his grandfather. And Hercules is like, what, what's the big deal with that? We do that all the time. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> In fact, that happens all the time. So it, it's, it's cool because it's taking sort of the more fun Greek gods and sort of mixing it with the very sort of dour Norse mythology. So there's a lot of humor involved in it, a lot of action. So I quite enjoyed it. Where and when does this book take place? Like, is, is it it now? takes now. Okay. Right now, I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's I, like I, in the Greek, like, is it on Mount Olympus or is it in Asgard? No, it's, he's, he's roaming around New York. He's driving in like uh, cars. His dad has been, uh, Zeus has been reduced back to a kid. It, it's taking place now in the Marvel Universe. And it's him just sort of dealing constantly with everyone. And, you know, Hercules is all about the chicks, you know, and partying. So it, it's quite, it's, it's fun. It's funny and fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, everybody, everybody, there's a lot of people who read it and they swear by it, they love it. And I, I tried to read it when it first switched over to Incredible Herc, and it didn't really stick with me, so, for whatever reason. But and listen, now, this is, this is the thing I wait for all week. Um, no, we're, we're going to be quick with it, real quick with it. Um, so, so, Uncanny X-Men number 514, um, part four of this... X-Reports. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, part, uh, chapter four of this, uh, of the Utopia storyline with the Dark X-Men and, and all this crap. And this was the, this was the first issue of this crossover or whatever where I just, I started enjoying it because I realized the end is near. That we're finally going to end it. <laughs> uh, that's not good. <laughs> and I feel like, and I feel like, um, uh, Fraction has this story all mapped out in his head and it's probably awesome up there and he's failing to translate it into comic book form. That's my problem with it. Um, but this had some great art by Terry Dodson and, and some great moments of Cyclops uh, getting ready to, you know, getting this, getting the team, moving the pieces in place, getting the teams together and getting ready to, to turn it around in the X-Men's favor. Um, but, you know, there was just stuff that was just inexplicable. Like, you know, like early in the issue, they're asking where's Wolverine and isn't, you know, didn't, didn't the Avengers and Osborne lock down the city and Cyclops is just like, don't worry about it. Just go rendezvous with him. And then so then a team is standing on the shore and Wolverine just pops up out of the water just with no explanation. <laughs> just like um, using his shot. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, um, the art was good um, and we're just getting to the end. So I was happy about that. And I promised myself I wasn't going to talk about X-Men forever this week. I, I said, no, I know I've done it all four issues. Um, but it Why just stop now. It just keeps getting crazier. <laughs> just... It's not going to get not uncrazy, Iran. It's not going to start making sense. <laughs> no, no. Go. Oh, no. The, 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 the oh. sad thing about it is that it makes perfect sense. That's the thing. <laughs> um, and then, and there was something about this issue that made me want to talk about it that I'm not remembering now. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember. Is the fact that. Um, is the fact that basically the big reveal is that Professor Xavier has discovered that um, uh, that mu- mutations aren't the next step of human uh, humanity, and that actually they're truly a mutation, and that as mutants get older, they're going to die. And so basically introducing this kind of ticking time bomb of, of being a mutant. Um, and wait, 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 well, what? Yeah. So mutant. Well, yeah, they're, the mutants are going to die of old age. No, but they die. They 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 break down sooner than regular humans because oh, their okay. body their bodies aren't haven't mutated to handle the power they have. Um, so okay, which, I'm going to pick up number six then. Yeah, go for I'm it. I'm kidding. I'm not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they also um, they also so basically what you had was you had the the Cyclops and the rest of the team backlash on Professor Xavier for hiding this from them and shunning Xavier, which seems to have, which seems to be the stock story for every X Men book of the past five years. Um, and they also he always has a bag packed ready to go. <laughs> like, he, like, it's like Banner. <laughs> They play, I know I'm they, getting kicked out. They play the piano music as he wheels away. 
Except they call, it, they call it a go bag now. <laughs> go bag. <laughs> um, but but what happened was that they laid Wolverine to rest, and because um, Wolverine is dead, and um, and then there's a great character moment where Gene is lamenting Wolverine's death, and Cyclops says he says accuses her that you love him, and she goes, "Yep." This time the joke's on me. I live, he dies, and all our hearts are broken. And, 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 and then Cyclops thinks to himself, one thing will never change, Gene. If you ever need a friend, I'll be there. <laughs> Just like, oh my God. Listen, the fact that this thing is bi-weekly means that Ron's going to pick it as the pick of the week <laughs> way more often. Than... <laughs> it's people, a sickness. People will look back at the records one day and be like, it appears that in 2009 <laughs> the best book actually was X-Men Forever. <laughs> Every gorilla other- shoot. The gorilla shooting the rifle will, you know, hit a metal bank and the metal will peel away and all the iFanboy records will be hidden and he'll be <laughs> searching through it and he'll be like, X-Men Forever was picked 24 times. <laughs> and it shapes future societies. <laughs> Everybody starts talking in italics. <laughs> it's like Bill and Ted's music. Yeah, exactly. The music of Wild so. Anyway, so that ends the X-Men moment. But um, And real quickly, uh, the last issue of Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers number four came out with um, – and I mentioned this on the post on iFanboy.com about the covers. Awesome homage to Infinity Gauntlet number four yes. uh, with, with Lock, Lockjaw with the Infinity collar around his neck it's, it's sitting in space saying woof. And this book is just great because the, the big villain and the big final battle is with Thanos. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but like, it, what's funny is that from a story standpoint, it was a really good choice. Like, yeah. well, all of these were kind of silly, and they're like, wait a minute, Lockjaw is not silly; he's, no, he's yeah. kind of badass. And you know, not that it was a big serious story or anything. Also, uh, bulldogs are very, very tenacious, and I feel that he captured that. So yeah. there, uh, yeah. <laughs> in there, the, in the we're done. Uh, in well, the, well no, before we move on, I was glad to see the last page. They get ready for the Pet Avengers number one, so it looks like they got they they're gonna keep keep going with this, which yes. is great. So. Uh, there was uh, very quickly. If you liked uh, GI Joe Cobra or you enjoyed GI Joe Origins, there was a one-shot special issue written by Brian Reed, uh, GI Joe Helix. Um, it was like a special one, one-time thing that was just about like Hawk sends Duke on a weird mission. He's got another special operative out there named Helix that you don't know much about. He's basically sort of like Echo or Taskmaster or whatever. But it was just a fun story. It was really good looking. Um, just more really good G.I. Joe comics. A lot better than the movie if you were into that kind of thing. Um, and then lastly, I read a book uh, from Wildstorm called Red Herring by uh, is David Tishman. David Tishman used to be yep. Howard Chaykin's writing partner. Uh, but illustrated by oh, we forgot about okay, go on. Sorry, carry on. We can add it. It's fine. Yeah. Yep. Um, illustrated by Philip Bond, who who's who's a big favorite of mine, who doesn't do a lot of work uh, these days, and uh, it's just great to see Phil Bond back. He do, he draws like these these fun uh, iconic sort of cartoony figures. But I think know, does... I think Philip Bond would argue with the being back. I mean, he's he works. He, it's just you haven't read it. I mean, he's been he's been working. Well, no, he told me that he was raising his kid for a while. Uh, well, he, I mean, I've seen his name on stuff recent in, in yeah, the past yeah, two but years. He's doing a series uh, now. Yeah, yeah, it's an, on an ongoing basis. Right? Yeah. Why don't we just call him? Yeah. Why don't we just call him? Let's right call him right now. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> that, that, ring, let's uh, anyway. But he just does a, a really nice comic book page. He does like he does sexy really well, which is funny because his, his stuff looks cartoony. But like he, he does it he does it really well. And this is a Washington D.C. spy story. Um, which, which yeah, is I, pretty neat. I picked I picked this up because of the Philip Bond art, and I and it started off. I, I thought the story was really good because it started off about a Washington D.C. staffer, you know, kind of a girl who works for a senator or whatever. And I thought it was I thought it was going to be one kind of book, you know, like kind of following her, that sort of you know, kind of you know, girl against the world. And it took an X Files esque turn, well, I it's guess. Called Red Herring. Right. So no, I know. right away, you should have known. <laughs> Wait a minute, I probably shouldn't be worrying about her. That girl's a red herring, isn't she? Yeah, she's on the cover, right under the words, red herring. No red anywhere on her. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. So um, so the, the book that I forgot to tell you to add to the script I want to talk very quickly was uh, Dominic Fortune, number one. Um, did you Chicken, yeah. Did you pick that? Did anybody pick this up? Or? Didn't read it. Is it good chicken or bad chicken? Uh, no, this is good chicken. It was good chicken. It was this is American flag chicken. Um, oh, that's a uh, that's a hefty recommendation. No, I honestly it was great. So so basically, Dominic Fortune is this character that um, Chicken created um, back in the seventies uh, as part of Marvel premiere, um, and it, uh, it was actually it was based on a scorpion. 
and he's kind of like takes he's like kind of like a 1930s costume adventurer kind of idea. So it, it it had a lot of the stuff about American flag that I liked about it, but as opposed to being in a neo future, it was in a in the past. Um, it was just it was just a lot of it was just a lot of fun, and it, it's a Max book, so there's cursing, um, some surprising curses to be honest with you, um, and there's sex and there's violence and stuff like that. But it was great shaken art and good shaken writing. It was good shaken. So I'm excited for that that book. It was a total surprise for me, at least. So, so if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the books that came out this week, and you can rate and review your books, and uh, you can also write reviews. Come back; we love to hear what you think of books. Um, you might think that it's wrong, you know, a pick is wrong, and your pick is the right pick, and everyone wants to know what it is. Uh, because we're running a bit long, we've got one review for you this week, um, and that comes from Bedhead, who uh, reviewed Fables number eighty-seven and gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five, and nobody made it their pick of the week. Uh, now so I'm going to change that right now. Okay. So .001 made it their pick of the week. Um, and Bedhead says, from issue number one, Fables built up to a brilliant, beautiful battle between the exiled stories and the adversary. A battle that was executed with the grace of a great series come to a great end. And then Willingham wrote another issue, and then another, and another, and another, until we find ourselves now at issue 87, at the beating of what appears to be a new protracted plotline, pitting our fables against the mysterious Dark One who has infiltrated and overtaken their home. The first arc of the series focuses on the bumbling fi- flying monkey Buffkin, accompanied, of course, by the head of Frankenstein, and the ever nonchalant mirror mirror on the wall, who's been left in the lost magic room behind enemy lines. Further cementing why I don't read fables. (laughs) This is as close as I got to a gorilla with a gun this week. Exactly. In fact, Josh and I both read fables, so we could team up on Ron right now. You could, yeah. Let's let's make him feel awkward. Um, I would I would argue that this isn't the first arc of the new thing because it started soon afterwards when the new Dark Lord or whatever that guy is showed up and took over Fable Town. So this has been going on, but this is the first time. Like then they threw the crossover in the middle of that. Um, and, and now we seem to be going forward with it, where they forgot that all of the stuff that was in the office uh, wasn't actually in Fable Town. It was somewhere else, and so they, they're cut off, and uh, it was a great issue. It was really fun. Yeah, it was. It was great. Um, are you, I enjoyed it. Tom, are, are you of the mind that, that you know a lot of people think that Fables has lost its step and is no longer no. fun? No. No, 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 no. I think it's... I. I I quite enjoyed where it's going now. I mean, it's it's just slightly shifted its focus. To be honest, I thought the uh, final end with the adversary um, it was interesting, but it wasn't the highlight of the series, and I think it wasn't built to be. You know, now that we have all the characters thrown in in new situations, and there's all new tensions, there's all new dangers going along with it. I think it's still right on track. And I, I find it fascinating the idea that that it was the fables was going to end with that, and then he keeps going. It's kind of like if Ennis came to the end of Preacher and told his end story, but then is like, you know, but I want to keep going. Like I, I think I like that. I, that's the one thing about fables I like is that it's it's kind of bucking from that expected vertigo approach. Well, you know? I think he had. I mean, and the thing is, if you wanted to just read seventy five of them, right, you could totally do that, and you'd be fine. But I think that he goes, well, wait a minute. I got all these structures and all these characters and everybody knows them and likes them. I can do another sweeping arc. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to take away from the first one. It might, you know, it could very well be good again. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, exactly. I've been liking it. It's, so wait, wait, are you saying it's not good? No, no. I'm just a you lot. You just of, totally said it's not good. You I'm said not, you don't like fables. I'm, it's, oh, my God. I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. No. All right. fables, for, fables forever. Number three. <laughs> but literally, like, the, the – that would be awesome. <laughs> but, like literally, the whole issue is is like the monkey with wings from Wizard of Oz talking to a disembodied Frankenstein head and the mirror, and it's really yeah. funny. It's really good. Yeah. So um, if you thought it was funny, go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics and pick it on your pull list and then write a review of it. Uh, and maybe if you write a review next week, we'll get your review on the show. Um, it's always good to hear from new reviewers. Uh, all right. So before we move on to the email, a quick word from our sponsor, Netflix. Uh, Netflix has got over 100,000 titles, no late fees, free shipping both ways. They've got Blu-ray titles. You can watch it on your personal laptop or your Xbox 360 and love it. Um, they got fast delivery. Uh, they got rate plans starting from 4.99 and up. You get a two free week trial, two week free trial when you sign up by going to www.netflix.com forward slash ifanboy and join me and Josh as we discovered that uh, all the uh, Uncle Buck vacation movies and what was the other one? The Great Last Outdoors. Night, the Great Outdoors. All the great oh, John Hughes, yeah. John Candy, Chevy Chase movies are streaming, so you can watch them on your personal laptop. I just finished watching Vacation again. 
Yeah, which which is our which is our theme movie for I Fanboy. I don't know if anybody knows that. I think that's one of the ones we kind of kept to ourselves up to this point. But yeah, so the theme movie. Yep. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> On to the emails. Our first email comes from Jordan from California, who says, I've been reading a lot of Marvel Cosmic stuff, and I've really enjoyed it. I've basically read everything from the Annihilation Wave on, and I've loved it all. My question is about how powerful some of these characters are, mainly Black Bolt, Vulcan, Gladiator, Silver Surfer, Rachel Summers, and Nova, when he's Nova Prime and using most of the Nova Force. Are they I'm basically- writing these all down. I'm okay. writing them all down and factoring okay. it in. Okay. <laughs> all right. Are they basically on the same tier, or is one of them clearly more powerful than the rest that I just haven't seen it yet? I know that back during World War Hulk, various characters ranked at the top three is the Hulk, the Sentry, and Black Bolt. But it seems to me that this list just got focused on Earth-based people. I haven't read War of Kings because I read this stuff in trade, so maybe I'll get my answer, but I'm just curious as to what you guys think. We're going to have different <laughs> answers, is my guess. Well, I think the overall, the, 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 the sane answer is they're as powerful as the story needs them to be. That was my answer. Right. Yeah. The insane answer... Any of them could beat any of the other as long as it serves the story in right. some way. Someone will figure out a way. You know, right. that's... The insane answer is uh, <laughs> the Ron answer. The Ron answer <laughs> is that I would probably rank them um, Silver Surfer because he's the power cosmic. But, but Galactus uh, over him. Well, yeah, but Galactus isn't in the list. He said Black Bolt, Vulcan, Gladiator, Silver Surfer, Rachel Summers, and Nova. Okay. Okay. So I'm ranking that list. Oh. Are you ready? All right, Tom, go. Tom, you got, your, you got your scale? Okay. So number one is Silver Surfer because he's got the power cosmic. Charisma of 20. <laughs> Um, then after that is Nova when he's Nova Prime with the entire Nova Force behind him. Mm-hmm. He gains a plus five for initiative. Okay. After that, is. after that is Rachel Summers because she's got the Phoenix Force. After that mm-hmm. is Black Bolt. After that, I would say is Gladiator and then Vulcan. That's my rankings. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think Black Bolt's the one with the widest variance. Because you're never quite sure when people use it so differently. He's, like sometimes, he, is his alignment chaotic good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, he's chaotic good. He's he, he he's the one that's the I think the most difficult to categorize because writers can either make it so that like he can't say anything at all ever or it destroys everything, right? Or like you know, it's just Which pretty is my loud. Favorite way to do it because that makes him yeah. the nuclear bomb basically. That's yeah. If you use right, it, but everything's fucked. Right? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but he, is valid. but yeah, but he, I don't, I don't think Black Bolt beats Silver Surfer. So, I mean, Silver Surfer is power cosmic over game over. Yeah. But he's just a, he's an associate game over, man. Cosmic guy. <laughs> what do you mean? Just, well, he's just an assistant. No, he's not. Well, you know, Galactus, is, you know, the Herald Silver Surfer doesn't get Galactus's coffee. Yeah. No, he's the assistant. He would if he asked him to. But yeah. Well, of do course. you have any doubt of that? <laughs> no, not at all. But <laughs> but Galactus didn't give Norrin Rad the power cosmic to get a, uh, the perfect cup of coffee. <laughs> you can't use the word assistant in the. In well, the wait, 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 wait. It won't work. <laughs> Let's go back to that perfect cup of coffee. To Galactus, a perfect cup of coffee is a planet. Okay. Ah, oh, I see what you've done there, Mr. Caters. He's getting him his danishes, you know, all the time. Basically, Silver Surfer goes out, waits in line at Starbucks, makes sure that the macchiato is exactly correct, and brings it back to him. Now, the power cosmic in this instance is uh, like, a, like a Blackberry or, yep. or maybe a, a car. You know, so yeah, a, a business card. card. Charge it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just your perspective. That's all that really matters. So oh. he's, not, he's not really the boss. So even no. if he has more power, it's just somebody else backing him up. Black Bolt's the boss. <laughs> I got to admit, we make fun of it, but I love these kind of questions. <laughs> Who made fun of the question? Nobody, but no, but we said there's the sane answer and the insane answer. <laughs> so that's I spent way more time talking about the insane answer. <laughs> than we... more fun. Uh, it's totally yeah. more fun. Yeah. Well, in reality, like, if you try to make sense of it, it's stupid. Like, <laughs> let's pretend that we can. Well, I, I will always love the who wins in a fight question. I mean, that's always fun. I and mean, when you try to think of what, you know, what one character has the edge over the other character, you know. Listen, Black Bolt is a successful small business owner. <laughs> well, it started as a small business, and now yeah, it's I mean, a major it's, corporation. It's a franchise. But yeah. it's one of those corporations you don't know a lot about, but they control everything, like Monsanto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Black helicopters are coming. <laughs> oh, man. So if you have a question uh, that is insane, uh, email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We'd love to answer them. Um, we're going to skip the voicemails this week because we ran a little long because we talked about so many good books. We didn't get to cover um, so many more. So I know. Yeah, exactly. 
So uh, before we go through with the uh, with the pre-recorded wrap up, uh, Tom, where can people hear you if they liked if they've never heard you before? Uh, they can meet me at the Starbucks across the street from me. Uh, <laughs> they want to have a cup. Uh, they can listen to Tom versus the Flash. Comes out like three times a week or so. Um, you, you can just go into iTunes and search for Tom versus the Flash. Uh, you can search for Barry Allen too. It's the only one that comes up. That's awesome. <laughs> the only one. Uh, you can also hear me on Around Comics. Uh, you know when I'm on there. Yeah. I'm a regular now. I was gonna say I heard you. I heard you did a good enough job that they're gonna make you a regular. Yeah, it's well. I'm still the Silver Surfer to Chris's Galactus. <laughs> and we've said it before, and I'll say it again. Tom vs. the Flash, the best comics podcast on the internet, um, hands down. Oh, thank you. So yeah, thank you. It makes my it makes my commute bearable. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Otherwise, he just sits and stews. Well, no, well, it's, it's 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 sitting and stewing or sitting and laughing out loud like a crazy person, which in San Francisco fits perf- makes me fit right. <laughs> yeah, <on>. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, get to ifanboy.com and you can read the written pick of the week review and everything under it and more discussion on every single issue that came out this week. If you go to ifanboy.com slash comics, uh, you know, there's discussions on most of the books and there's rating and all sorts of stuff to talk about and you can write your own reviews and do all that stuff. In addition to all the written content that we put up there every week and, and all the discussion, like, like, like Mayhem, for example. Uh, you, can go to iFanboy, mayhem. Mayhem. you can go to ifanboy.com slash may I mean slash about to slash mayhem. We should, we should have that. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, just you know, going mayhem. <laughs> it's just a little flash video on a loop. <laughs> mayhem, mayhem, mayhem. Anyway, those are all the social networking links there and, and, and uh, who we are, if you wanted to know. That's ifanboy.com slash about. Cool. And uh, if you do like enjoy iFanboy and enjoy this podcast as well as the video podcast and everything else that we do, um, we have a membership program where you can help us out. Um, you can help us keep the lights on, keep everything rolling. Um, you can sign up for $4 a month or $42 a year, and that gets you uh, some buttons and some stickers, and we'll send you a free comic book from our personal collections. Uh, and if you got a little more money to spend, you can spend $10 a month or $100 a year, and you get all that fun stuff plus a T-shirt. And in fact, uh, Tom, I think, is our first uh, iFanboy member to be on, on the show. On the podcast, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the only reason I'm on here. Yeah, thank you for your support, Tom. We we we, we actually we needed to fill Connor, and he was on vacation. We p- pulled a name out of the hat from all the members, and oddly <laughs> enough, we pulled Tom. Me, <laughs> hey, I won. Yeah. I know it was it's like weird. Hey, it was weird. Yeah, it was crazy. We'll have, we will be actually be having every member will be on the show once every. <laughs> oh 10 my years. god! Oh god! So <laughs> in ten years, the next one will be on. But right, you got to yeah. keep up your dues. Yep, exactly. So uh, please, if you haven't signed up to become a member, um, we do great giveaways. We gave away some signed Jeff Johns Black as Night books last week, and um, we're definitely, you know, we want to make it uh, worth your value to be a member and help us out in the process. So thank you. And you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash store, and that's where you can sign up for the membership, and where you can also find the Power Responsibility shirt for only $15. It's limited edition. They're selling out. We're getting orders every day, so you want to make sure you don't miss out on getting that shirt. And we might be having a, uh, a second printing of a uh, earlier shirt coming soon, so keep an eye on that for as well mm-hmm. and if you want to if you want to buy uh, video games or movies or books or anything like that you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash amazon where you can do all your amazon purchases and you can help us out in the process so ifanboy.com forward slash amazon we thank everyone for their support also if you haven't gotten enough of this and god knows <laughs> you know why would that happen we do a video show that comes out every single wednesday uh you can go to revision3.com slash ifanboy or you can get it i think the next day on your tivo or there's there's many many ways to watch the, the video show youtube yeah. youtube uh or just you know through the itunes uh, if, you, if you want if you want the crazy comments go to the go to youtube <laughs> wow i went there on accident there was like like one was the one was like these guys are so typical comic book guys they don't even know about Deadpool. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Wait, that doesn't actually make – anyway, so this last week was death the panels. second – Death panels. <laughs> Who's leading the death panels? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just decide if Deadpool should live or die. Uh, you, can, you can watch this last week was the second of our San Diego coverage, and then next week is the third of our San Diego episodes. We shot too much. Uh, San Diego Part 3, Revenge of San Diego. <laughs> um, and, and as we said you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 888fanboys with any questions or comments or whatever it is you'd like if you want it read on the show make sure you say who you are where you're from and keep it pretty short 
Yes. And if you like the show, go to iTunes and write a review. Um, write a review of this show, write a review of Tom vs. the Flash, write a review of Around Comics, write a review of Alumni Club Comics, write a review of all the comic podcasts. It's a great way to participate and tell people what podcasts you like. So do that in iTunes. Or uh, just tell your friends about the show. Tell uh, tell people at your comic book store. Spread the word. iFanboy has been growing, but we, we would like to grow faster, and that's, we need you to help us to do that. So, um, so Just do it. Just do it, yes. So, God. All right, well. So, Tom, thanks for uh, thanks for giving us an hour of your day. It's nice to record with my heroes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I meant it. <laughs> you guys are you guys you guys are definitely black bolt <laughs> in a world filled with Vulcans. <laughs> well, it must be nice to record with some sober people. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, and uh, you know, sit in a room with just a. Um, a sport jacket on a no shirt. No, <laughs> that's fine. That's whatever. Not, that sounds warm. <laughs> oh, it, it's well, hot. He's got to be I'm hot, gonna right? Yeah. It's... Not gonna lie to you. It's hot in here. Are you wearing? Are you? Are you? Are you wearing John Sundress's sport coat from 2006 in New York? Is that what uh, a yeah. big sport coat? <laughs> yes, I, I'm. I'm living in it as well. When I'm... <laughs> that's pretty nice. Listen, he said it was a big coat. Whenever yeah. anybody says the word sport coat, I immediately think of that jacket. Oh, man. All yeah. right. Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Josh. I'm, oh. Now you go I am you. Tom. <laughs> you had no way of knowing. <laughs> Take the chapstick.